Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of What the Heck is Crypto? I'm your host, Stephen Cesaro, and it has been another absolutely insane week in the crypto markets uh, and in the TradFi markets. <laughs> A lot going on to catch you, uh, catch you up on. I'm uh, going to talk about the Arbitrum airdrop. What is the Arbitrum token worth? How can you play this? Uh, then we're going to talk about uh, Bology's million-dollar bet that Bitcoin is going to go to $1 million in the next 90 days, along with a uh, crazy bout of hyperinflation in the dollar. Uh, is he going to be correct in this outlandish prediction or is he full of crap? We're going to talk about that. Uh, first, quick overview on what's been going on in markets this week. Uh, Ethereum, Bitcoin doing very, very well as I record this episode, although I think price action is looking maybe a little bit shaky, but uh, a, a great week for Bitcoin. Bitcoin absolutely uh, crushing, topping out around $29,000 this week, up well over 30% in, in just, a, just a matter of days from the, uh, from the Coinbase lows there. So congrats to, to all the Bitcoin holders. Biggest thing you want to note this week, the FOMC meeting was Wednesday. And this is a big FOMC meeting as well, because all of the uh, members draw their little dots on the chart to tell you where they see interest rates going in the future. Uh, Jerome Powell announced a 25 basis point hike. Uh, this was not a surprise to me. This was, uh, well, it shouldn't have been a surprise for the markets. I mean, this was, this was a very high probability event. Um, but in spite of that, and in spite of the fact that I, I thought his press conference was uh, was rather dovish, um, to be honest, we saw a pretty sharp sell-off in markets um, yesterday uh, on, on Wednesday, uh, sharp sell-off in crypto as well. But this morning, crypto bounced back with an absolute vengeance. Um, ETH just put in a crazy candle uh, off the highs, ripped up... Uh, almost 9% in just, uh, just a matter of hours. Uh, I think possibly because this morning 
was the uh, the the Arbitrum airdrop, long-awaited airdrop for the Arbitrum token. We we talked about this a little bit last week, uh, how you could check to see if you were eligible for any ARB tokens. And today you were able to go to the website and uh, claim your free tokens, except uh, everybody who tried to do that this morning was uh, greeted with absolute chaos. The, the website was completely down uh, and the, the entire Arbitrum network really was so congested and clogged that it was, it was basically impossible to do anything unless you were running your own node. Um, a lot of people were saying they wanted to buy the token under a dollar. Well, you didn't get a chance to do that. Uh, we didn't see much lower than dollar seven uh, this morning. A lot of buyers there for the ARB token uh, went up to a high of just under a dollar and fifty cents. So you you made nearly fifty percent in just a just a matter of hours uh, if you were lucky enough to uh, to buy that thing this morning. Uh, I, 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 I had a nice little airdrop. I, I accumulated a lot more around a dollar twenty or so. I was kind of disappointed because I tried to buy the lows and uh, could not get the network uh, to work. But uh, having a pretty good day uh, enjoying those gains. I uh, talked a little bit on yesterday's uh, Alpha Alpha podcast about where I see price for this going. Um, Sometimes hard to predict prices on tokens, right? Always hard to predict prices on tokens. But I, I think because Arbitrum has a uh, pretty good comp in optimism. They're both uh, layer twos on Ethereum, you know, the two most popular layer twos built on Ethereum. Uh, Optimism's token OP has been around uh, for a while. And uh, we can kind of make some comparisons on the basis of uh, the OP token price and try to try to back into what we think um, the uh, ARB price should be. So first thing to me is, uh, okay, like what, what is the rock bottom for this token, right? And, and when I thought this over, I said to myself, okay, well, there are so many similarities between Arbitrum and, and Optimism, but but... Arbitrum is is much better to me in in, in obvious ways uh, along a wide variety of metrics. So uh, to to me, the absolute floor for the Arbitrum price would be uh, at a, a price that put it equivalent with uh, Optimism's market cap. So Optimism is uh, currently uh, around two fifty a token with a market cap of eleven billion dollars. That's the fully diluted market cap. That's all tokens, not just the ones circulating around, which is a, a much, much lower percentage. Um, there are ten billion arbitrum tokens. They airdropped roughly twelve percent of them, so about one point two billion tokens um, floating around out there. And if we back out the math on what Arbitrum's token price should be. If it's the same as Optimism, we get about a dollar eight. And dollar uh, eight ended up being a pretty damn good price this morning. We traded at a low of a dollar and seven. So that was right about uh, the floor. Now, I've been saying that I don't think a dollar eight is going to be the fair market price of ARB because ARB is better than OP. And one of the ways in which ARB is better than OP, in my opinion, and I think this is not even a matter of opinion, I think it's fairly objective, is um, the amount of TVL on the uh, 
on the network. TVL is short for total value locked. It measures the amount of stable coins, of Ethereum, of all sorts of tokens that are sort of locked in DeFi on the network. And it's it's really a proxy for like the amount of ac- uh, economic activity that the network is supporting. So all things being equal, a, a network that supports far more economic activity uh, than another network should have a much higher uh, valuation. Um, and lo and behold, the TVL for Optimism, about $970 million. The TVL for Arbitrum before the airdrop uh, was about $2 billion, so over two times the TVL on Arbitrum. So if we just do some uh, you know, back-of-the-envelope math there, double the price of Arbitrum, uh, that now takes us to a $2.16, $2.17 um, price for Arbitrum. But there's more because what's going to happen is there are effectively going to be, you know, two, two and a half, maybe $3 billion worth of tokens airdropped just into this economy that as of this morning only had $2 billion locked in it, right? So we are just shoveling tons and tons and tons of money into a uh, you know relatively small ecosystem. So the airdrop itself is going to increase the TVL because people are going to take a lot of the Arbitrum that they get. They're going to put it in liquidity pools and do stuff with it. And that's going to boost the TVL of Arbitrum and thus boost the value of the token. In addition to that, the whole airdrop season is going to attract more people to the chain to do stuff. It's going to attract more stable coins to the chain, more other coins to the chain. So we're going to see TVL go up as well because of that. Um, I was thinking conservatively, we might see, um, you know, maybe 40% boost in the uh, total value locked on Arbitrum uh, when all was uh, maybe said and done here. I think that as of today, we're at, yeah, we're at 2.1 billion. So we've already bumped up uh, 11 or 12% today. So I think we're probably going to end up uh, hitting that mark. Um, And if that's the case and you want to keep the same sort of uh, multiple of total value locked in in token valuation, that would get you to about $3 a token. A a lot of people, I think, were calling for this in the... uh, the low ones or the mid ones. Um, there's some people dropping ridiculous predictions like $10, which I don't think is going to happen. Um, but $3 to me is pretty plausible. This, this of course, assumes that um, Ethereum is not going to <laughs> absolutely uh, uh, crap the bed, which, as I said, it, it looks like it might. Um, one of the ways I took this trade and one of the ways you can take this trade without adding additional risk to your portfolio is instead of buying Arbitrum with stable coins and increasing the amount of overall crypto exposure you have, what I did is I actually sold a huge chunk of my Ethereum stack for, for, for Arbitrum. Because as long as Arbitrum is, is really undervalued in dollar terms, as far as I'm concerned, um, it should be a good trade trading ETH for it. And the, the other thing we have to keep in mind with ETH is we do have uh, the Shanghai update coming up, which is going to enable staking withdrawals. This is going to cause a lot of ETH to pour out into the market. So there are some headwinds uh, for ETH, right? So those two things into account, I think that you know you feel pretty good of, about converting ETH into ARB if you don't want to take on uh, additional crypto risk, which you know I feel like is probably 
a, a prudent decision at this point. I think eventually, once the token uh, mania sort of dies out, you're, you're going to start seeing people selling their ARB token as the price goes up. And then I think you're going to start seeing capital rotating into other projects in the ecosystem. Now, those projects have taken a, a, a bit of a hit today, actually. You, you've seen uh, you know, some of the flagship products like GMX and like Magic especially has gotten absolutely hammered today. I think that's because people decided to sell these tokens to to buy Arbitrum, or maybe they did what I did and they they, they LP'd. Um, you, you can basically take Arbitrum tokens and, and stake them in Uniswap and collect trading fees because so many people were trading crazy volume today. Like I'm, I'm, I'm earning just outrageous um, ROIs <laughs> in uh, just basic Uniswap pool. So I suspect a lot of people saw those numbers, realized they wanted to uh, buy more Arbitrum, do things with it, LP. Uh, so we saw a sell-off in Magic, GMX, et cetera. I, I imagine that if um, the crypto market doesn't take a, a, a huge crap, you're, you're, you're probably going to have a really good buying opportunity for, for Magic. Um, I, I, I personally am looking to... To to get back into the token, maybe around the uh, the 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 dollar fifty dollar fifty two level, I think is kind of like a healthy spot for me. That's the uh, uh, the monthly open, and uh, you know we've had a good good retrace from the the highs at that point. So I'm watching that chart closely, looking to looking to play that. And uh, also, I've been uh, buying a lot of a uh, uh, Trader Joe's token, Joe. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Joe is a uh, is a Dex. Uh, decentralized exchange, originally on Avalanche, but launched on Arbitrum. Uh, I think their tech is pretty good. They're getting a really, really, really high percentage of all trading volume, given the uh, relatively small amount locked in the protocol. Only $6 million, uh, in liquidity locked there as of the other day. So I think a, a ton of room uh, to grow. And uh, Joe actually is doing really, really well today. It's up uh, up uh, nearly, uh, nearly 10% um, since where I... Uh, where I bought it uh, last night. So, uh, so far, so good on that. These tokens are uh, incredibly risky and incredibly volatile. So, uh, you know, please be careful if you do decide to play them. Uh, other plays you might want to take a look at if you want to play the ecosystem. Uh, Grail uh, is the native token of Camelot, which is, I would say, the native decks of Arbitrum. Every chain seems to have its uh, native decks. Um, I typically don't really like... Um, Dex tokens as long-term plays because, in my experience, the the Dex usually has to issue a bunch of uh, inflationary token rewards in order to um, incentivize liquidity. In the sense of being sort of not a very sustainable model, and it it dilutes the token holders. But I think in terms of playing narratives like this, um, it's a totally fine play. Um, Radiant is another uh, another token that people are. Uh, People are really feeling good about. It. I believe uh, RDNT uh, is the ticker on that. Let me double check that for you, actually, just so I'm. Uh, yeah, RDNT. Uh, haven't actually seen how that's doing today, and uh, yeah, looks like we've had a, a bit of a sell-off there from the highs. This one I, I avoided uh, buying a few a uh, few days ago because it was looking a bit euphoric to me. But um, yeah, might consider accumulating some here, but. I don't know. The projects I like most in the ecosystem right now, uh, GMX, uh, Magic, and uh, and Joe, as I said, are kind of the uh, coins I'm playing the trade with. But I don't really see the point in buying these until uh, 
until I can uh, realize the uh, full value of my ARB token, which, as I said, I hope uh, I hope uh, uh, approaches uh, three dollars, but certainly not thinking about selling this thing uh, under two. Hopefully, that doesn't uh, come back to to bite me in the ass. Uh, we're we're talking about the uh, Arbitrum airdrop and uh, the way to play it. Incidentally, in the uh, Alpha Alpha Pod Discord, if you uh, guys haven't uh, haven't popped in there yet and want to check it out, you go over to alphaalphapod.com and uh, click the Discord link, and you can uh, yeah, ask some more questions if you want to know how you can uh, uh, participate in this uh, this little trade here. All right, well, that's enough on the airdrop. Let's uh, let's move over to the main story this week. Um, the the main event that's been having uh, all of the crypto world and a lot of even the uh, non crypto world buzzing, uh, Balaji, a very popular uh, Silicon Valley tech founder, former uh, CTO of Coinbase. He's done a lot of pods. He had a book called The Network State. Kind of like a big uh, idea uh, thought guy, and um, he put out a tweet. Uh, recently, uh, putting up the quote-unquote bit signal, calling for uh, people to raise the alarm that hyperinflation is on the way. He's calling for a $1 million Bitcoin price in the next 90 days, and he's not all talk either. He actually bet two individual people $1 million versus one Bitcoin. Uh, it's about a 50 to one or so odds for those of you keeping uh, track at home, maybe 40 to one, um, uh, that Bitcoin would go to uh, a million in uh, 90 days. Uh, I guess technically it's uh, yeah, he's uh, he's doing the odds the wrong way because you only have to risk a $25,000, $28,000 Bitcoin to get the million dollars. So uh, congrats to the two people who took that bet because uh, I think you're going to be pretty happy in 90 days. Um, but anyway, yeah, a lot of people are, are, are talking about this story. Uh, people have been texting me. People are in fear right now. Um, should I be buying Bitcoin? Do I need to exit the dollar? Do I need to move to Singapore and take my family and leave the country? Um, <laughs> I want to I want to talk about that a little bit. I have a lot of thoughts on 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 this issue. But um, to catch you guys up on what the root of the problem is here, in in, in case you're not aware, um, the reason that Balaji thinks that hyperinflation is about to hit is because of the recent Fed uh, BTFP uh, program, the Bank Term Funding Project, uh, in which the Fed is effectively backstopping deposits at banks throughout the country. Um, Balaji claiming that this is basically going to hyperinflate the dollar. Um, how did we get here? Well, it all starts after 2008 uh, QE, you may recall that uh, bonds used to pay you interest, and then they stopped doing that. We saw a you know a decade plus of effectively zero percent or near zero interest rates in bonds. Um, this was especially true after COVID, when rates I think literally did go to straight up zero. Um, the Fed basically got all of the banks to just buy tons of bonds at a no interest rate. They then last year ripped interest rates from zero to four and a half to five to who knows how high they're going to do. Uh, and, and that ended up creating massive losses for the banks who held all of these bonds on uh, their balance sheets. You see, if I 
issue you a bond that pays, uh, say, 1% interest, and the bond comes due in the year 2030. Uh, and then, you know, a few years later, or just one year later, I issue more 2030 bonds, but these pay 5% interest. Um, when these bonds are trading around in the open market, uh, you're obviously not going to pay as much money for the bond that pays you 1% interest as you would for the bond that pays you 5% interest. Um, and what happens is that the bonds actually start trading below face value, below par. So the bond may initially cost $100 and pay 1% interest, but then when interest rates go to 5 uh, percent that bond that was once a uh, hundred may now trade for like seventy five. So if you're a bank that had uh, billions of dollars of these bonds on your balance sheets, you've now eaten like a twenty five percent loss. Uh, last year was the worst year I, I, I think in history for uh, for bondholders. So all throughout the country, you know, thousands of banks are holding epic amounts of these bonds and they're sitting on massive, massive, massive losses. And we saw the consequences of this in uh, Silicon Valley Bank. A bunch of depositors came asking for their money. Uh, banks do not keep all of your money at the bank. We have a fractional reserve system. You know, they may be lending out um, $30 for every $1 that's sitting there in the bank. So if only a couple percent of the people come and ask for all their money, uh, all the money is suddenly gone. Uh, so Silicon Valley Bank did not have cash on hand to pay the depositors. And once they ran out of options, they were forced to start selling and realizing losses on their bond portfolio, which ultimately made them insolvent and uh, you know the rest of that story. They are, uh, they are no more. If this happens in mass, right, a lot of people start coming for their deposits. You're having banks nationwide uh, um, selling their treasuries, realizing losses on them, um, you know, these banks are all going to become insolvent. And then uh, this could also just trigger like a massive wave of selling uh, in bonds. And, uh, you know, the one thing the Fed does not want is, is, is insane volatility in, in the treasury market, because that's, uh, that's, that's typically like a huge breaking point for the economy. So anyway, the Fed came in with the BTFP program, basically said, hey, bank, um, I know you've got all these bonds that you bought uh, at 100, you know, at par. They're now worth 70 cents on the dollar, but we're going to come in and lend you money at 100 cents on the dollar. We're going to lend you the full value of the bond, even if it's only worth, uh, you know, 20 or 30% less than that uh, in the free market. So Balaji's claim is that um, the, bank, the, the Fed is now effectively going to print uh, infinite money to backstop all these bank losses. As a result, the dollar is going to hyperinflate. We're going to see this mass exodus for the dollar. Uh, countries, nation states are ultimately going to realize that the solution to this is Bitcoin. They're going to buy Bitcoin in mass. Um, and then it's going to be like uh, Weimar Germany, where uh, overnight, before you even realize what's happening, uh, the dollar is just going to just go straight to zero. Just just poof, um, it's gone. He's also claiming that the government is going to uh, close off the on-ramps to crypto. So you need to get in right now. You need to buy Bitcoin, get it off the exchanges before it's too late, or you are going to be screwed. You're going to be trapped uh, holding the bag or take some sort of haircut when the uh, shit absolutely 
hits the fan here. So is Bology right? Should you be panicking and selling everything you own and buying Bitcoin and getting it off exchanges and, and uh, you know, getting, uh, getting on the first flight to the uh, United Arab Emirates and, and uh, <laughs> or wherever else you want to go in the world? Um, let, let's take these things like point by point here. Um, is the dollar going to hyperinflate in 90 days? I, I think this is the easiest one to tackle. The answer here is, is absolutely not. Um, in spite of what Balaji is claiming in his 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 tweet, that this is this has never happened. Like this didn't happen in Lebanon. This didn't happen in Weimar Germany. Um, hyperinflation, even when it ultimately does inflect at the very end, uh, really really quickly. You know, this process takes at a bare minimum many months, but often years to to actually play out, and it tends to be a sort of slow moving train wreck that people actually do. Uh, see coming as opposed to something you wake up and like two weeks later, um, all the money is worthless. Um, so, so that's not happening, uh, right? The 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 other thing here is that um, the BTFP program, right? The claim that this is uh, like QE, it's like quantitative easing. This is like money printing. Um, I'm sort of undecided on this myself. Um, but I'm leaning towards BTFP, like not being money printing. And, and, and here's sort of my rationale for why. Um, if there are a trillion dollars of deposits in the U.S. banking system and banks realize a bunch of losses on their bonds, they lose people's money, they can't pay them back, and a half a billion dollars of deposits gets evaporated from the banking system. The government then comes in and puts back $500 billion of deposits into the banking system. I'm not so sure that this is hyperinflationary so much as like a hole was created and we're just filling the existing hole with liquidity. Um, so there's that. And then the BTFP program, like these loans that are made to banks, they, they are just that. They are loans. They have to be paid back. So this liquidity that's happening now is sort of destined to go down in the near future because these 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 loans are they're, they're, this liquidity is encumbered. It has to be it has to be paid back. Um, the other thing of note here is that typically when you're trading, right? When you're investing, it's maybe less important. But if you're a trader, if you're thinking about, oh, I want to make money over the next six months, um, the path that price takes to get somewhere is important. If Bitcoin's uh, 28,000 now, you think it's going to 100,000, so you buy it on 20X leverage, but it goes to 10,000 first, and then it goes to 100,000, well, that matters. Uh, the The fact that it's going to 100K is not the only thing that matters. The fact that it went to 10K first and then went to 100K matters because you got liquidated in the middle um, because you didn't realize um, <laughs> you didn't realize the, uh, the 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 path to get there was important. And I think that's relevant in this case because I think most economists would tell you that uh, banking collapses are not 
inflationary, at least not, it's certainly not at first. And, and, and the reason for this is that we have a, we have a fractional reserve uh, banking system. And a lot of people think that the money in circulation is just all printed, right? And this isn't true. Like the vast majority of money in the system is actually created by banks, by shadow banks, by, you know, private institutions, by whoever, right? We, we take, um, you know, money in as deposits and then institutions lend out new money, right? Effectively creating more credit in the system. So when banks fail, first of all, there's, there's, there's a contraction in the existing money because like banks going under implies that, you know, credit is being uh, destroyed. Money is contracting, right? The other thing is that when panic sets in, people take their money out of banks. Maybe they put them in the money market funds. Maybe they put them into T-bills. Maybe they stuff it under their mattress. But when people take money out of banks, that's also deflationary because the less money that's in banks, the less money that the less new money can be created by banks, right? So it's hard for me to see, even in a scenario where biology is ultimately right, how we get there without avoiding a deflationary collapse um, in the meantime. And if you look at prior events, like prior chaotic events, COVID is a great example of this. When the world almost exploded due to COVID, what happened to the dollar? The dollar went to the absolute moon. There was such a shortage of dollars that like, like the government had to open up swap lines with various countries to avoid blowing up their economies. <laughs> like it was, it was panic. Like there's tremendous, tremendous, tremendous worldwide demand for the dollar. And that demand is only heightened when we have it, when we have these like uh, liquidity crises. Um, so I'm not sure that some sort of panic isn't going to do the same thing it's always done, which is cause the dollar to rise. And what did we see last year? We saw a rising dollar. Everybody was like, inflation, 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 inflation. What did the dollar do? It actually went up. It went up versus virtually everything. Oddly enough, in the year of the worst inflation we've seen in our lifetimes, the best asset to hold was the United States dollar. Kind of weird, uh, kind of uh, counterintuitive, right? So pretty strongly disagree with all these, these points. I do, however, think that there is a, there's a lot of truth to some stuff he says. For example, the, the, the idea that the, the government is closing off the on-ramps to crypto and you need to get in now before it's too late. Um, I'm actually partial to this idea. I, I, I think the government is very clearly attacking crypto and, and, and choking off the on-ramps to crypto. Um, we've seen banks shut down. We've seen exchanges like uh, Kraken say, like, I think just yesterday, they can't take ACH deposits anymore. Like, there's definitely a concerted effort going on to impede people's access to the crypto ecosystem. So I think one of the things you can do right now that is most prudent um, as an investor is to get some money outside of the system before you can't get money outside of the system. Now, the caveat to that is that the money you have outside the system doesn't necessarily have to be in Bitcoin right now. Um, because if you use Ethereum, like you're able to hold 
digital dollars in the form of stablecoins. Now, these stablecoins are far from stable sometimes. We saw a crisis even with the most uh, supposedly stable of these, USDC. But if you spread your money out between DAI, between USDC, between Tether, uh, I really like LUSD uh, on Ethereum, which I think is probably the most decentralized stablecoin we have. If you spread those dollars out, manage that risk, you can keep money outside of the system um, without having to shovel it into risk assets, which might still um, explode. So I, I, I do think he's right in this regard. Like there is an event coming in the future, which uh, a lot of people have dubbed a financial repression. There's going to be the need for the government to basically kind of lock down everybody's money and force them into bonds or other suboptimal financial instruments while choking off access to the stuff that's kind of going up um, in an effort to kind of inflate away the debt and keep people from like getting on a lifeboat and getting out of the system. Because if everybody starts exiting the system, the system completely uh, collapses. So preparing for this event, I think, is a very prudent thing for you to do as a long-term investor. I think crypto is a great way uh, to do this. If, if my theory is correct, we are going to collapse before the actual bailouts start. Like the, I don't I don't think what's happening now is the bailout that's going to hyperinflate the dollar. I think we probably have one real big kahuna liquidity event, you know, something more akin to 2008 that will happen that is going to force the hand of the Fed. The Fed's hand is not forced right now. Like they hiked rates yesterday in spite of the fact that we've got all these like banking crises literally going on uh, as we speak. Um, so that forcing function is going to be tremendous. Uh, they will have no choice but to not only stop uh, hiking rates, but probably cut uh, very, very rapidly. Um, and beyond cutting, you're, you're probably going to see the government programs start getting rolled out. Uh, inevitably, these government programs are going to you know, end up with printing money, sending people money, backstopping banks, backstopping whatever it is um, that blows up at the time. And that, I think, is the time where you really want to move in uh, for the kill if you are a crypto investor, right? But if you buy all of the Bitcoin now, and we have a credit event next week that takes Bitcoin down to $10,000, well, you just lost 60, 70% of your investment in the matter of a few weeks, and you didn't keep any cash on hand to buy that dip, you're going to start feeling really, really, really stupid. And if you uh, took this advice even <laughs> a little farther than that, and you put all your money in there thinking that it's over and you got to get out of the system, well, now you're absolutely, absolutely uh, wrecked. So a lot of grains of truth to what Balaji is saying. I do think that not necessarily the US dollar, but the entire global fiat system is totally screwed on a long time horizon. I think that there are two ways out. There's the way out of painful, sustained austerity and deflation, which I think no politician is going to put themselves through. No country is going to want to take that pain. So the other way out for us is ultimately going to be inflation and money printing, print money, try to inflate the debt away, and try to clamp down on the capital controls to make sure that bond yields don't explode and that people can't like pull their money out of the system. That's what we call financial repression. I think those things are coming. 
I think that Bitcoin has an incredible role to play as a verifiably scarce asset uh, in 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 this in, in this in this world, right? I don't think it's the only thing, though. I think that you want to be buying real stuff that's useful, um, and I, I think some things are arguably more useful than Bitcoin, like. Like oil, for example, is probably going to go to the moon at some point in the next few years because uh, you can't print more oil, right? You just can't print it. No matter how much <laughs> governments want to do it, there's a finite amount of molecules of oil on the planet Earth. Same goes for valuable commodities, for stuff like gold, uh, copper, like all of these things are going to uh, probably have tremendous value in a world uh, where they have... Um, fixed amounts of them and the government is like printing infinite money. So don't YOLO all of your money into Bitcoin, uh, buy all of these things, buy stocks that have exposure to these things, uh, buy real estate. Like, especially if you can get a loan on a house, like I think one of the best things you could do over the next couple of years. And once again, I'm forced to remind you that nothing on this podcast is financial advice. I'm just a guy who trades magic internet coins, but, uh, if I get the opportunity over the next couple of years to buy another piece of property and the Fed is panic cutting rates to zero and real estate's crash 30% and it's a 2% rate on a mortgage again, um, you bet your ass I'm going to do everything I can to take out as much debt as possible at that point. Um, because if the government lets you borrow real estate, a, a, a finite asset, and they're going to allow you to take out a loan on it at, at basically zero, and then they're going to jack uh, inflation and interest up again, well, that's going to be a great situation for you because if you get a 2% loan and inflation kind of permanently goes to 5%, you're actually going to have like a negative 3% interest rate on, on that asset for forever. And you've put yourself in a, a really good position there. Um, I do think that everybody should have some Bitcoin in their portfolio right now. I am kind of bearish on the market short term, but um, predicting these things is hard if this was the bottom recently and we don't go lower, um, you're going to feel very, 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 very terrible if you have no Bitcoin, if Bology's prediction, uh, maybe not a million in 90 days, but maybe 500K in two years, like that's going to be very painful to you. I, I think it's mathematically ignorant to not have at least one or 2% of your portfolio in, in Bitcoin. Um, I think it's a great asset that protects you from a lot of these things with, without a lot of risk if it's such a small um, part of your holdings. And I think you should plan on having the opportunity to, to buy more um, in a crisis because I, I just don't think we've hit the crisis point yet. Everybody's still fiending for the pivot. Everybody's still buying meme stocks. GME was up 37% the other day. I mean, <laughs> it, it just doesn't feel over to me. So to so don't panic right now. Don't think the system is collapsing. Don't think the dollar is collapsing. Don't think it's collapsing at all in the next uh, you know, 90 days. Don't panic buy everything. But do make sure you have a little bit. Do make sure that you do have the Bitcoin off exchanges because if the government comes to actually enact these financial controls, the first thing they're going to come for is the exchanges and the withdrawals. We saw them like force you to sell gold at the beginning of this century, it's not a stretch to think that they're going to do the same thing uh, with Bitcoin that is in the custody of exchanges um, in, in, in this century. Not your keys, 
not your crypto. Please learn how to self-custody this stuff. Um, it's kind of pointless unless you're using it purely for speculation and trading if you don't know how to custody uh, your Bitcoin. Now, I would be remiss if I didn't comment on how I thought Ethereum was going to fare and all of this. Um, I think that Ethereum as an asset doesn't do well in a chaotic world. I think Ethereum is more of a, a peacetime asset that is sort of bullish on humanity and our existing systems and can synergize really well with them. Uh, Bitcoin is sort of like the gun you keep under your your bed for when the apocalypse happens and the and the you know you really need to shoot your way out of something, right? But it's not an ideal end state for society to have everybody. Um, running around with uh, Bitcoin as like the the base money supply because we're going to create this uh, terrible world where everybody who just bought Bitcoin early is rich and everybody who didn't buy Bitcoin in time is is super poor and and people are going to flee their countries because they don't they, they, the the money is all digital and they can go anywhere with it like none of these are great outcomes and I, I certainly hope they don't happen um, but this scenario is where where Bitcoin is going to thrive so. Because that's what people are kind of pricing in over the next uh, month or two, uh, or three or four, however long this um, you know takes to play out, the environment isn't looking good for Ethereum right now because um, it doesn't have this uh, money narrative that Bitcoin has, and it is kind of just like an altcoin that has a lot of supply coming online that, that that's probably going to be uh, selling off, like all things being equal. Again, like these things are hard to predict. It's no, Nobody knows what's going to happen for sure, but the chart looks bad. The fundamentals looks bad. The narrative looks bad. Now, because I am like fundamentally bullish on society and, and, and on the world, like I, I don't see a world that goes ultimately into a, a chaotic post-apocalyptic hellscape where Bitcoin is the base money. Um, because of that, like I, I am looking to accumulate mostly Ethereum for the next bull run uh, when I get the opportunity to do so. Um, that being said, I do own Bitcoin. I do wish to buy more Bitcoin. Um, I treat it more as like a long-term macro asset, like my stocks, right? As opposed to one of the cryptos I trade quickly in and out of um, like like Ethereum, right? So I think of it a little bit differently. Um, and, I, and I do want to have a little bit because uh, as uh, as Arthur Hayes, uh, BitMEX founder and uh, you know famous crypto guys put it, like you want to make sure that you have outside money. We may get into a situation where outside money is incredibly valuable because it becomes impossible to get out of the system. They force us all into like the three or four banks that remain after everything else blows up. They roll out a central bank digital currency and then boom, you're trapped. You can never get your money out again. You've lost that optionality. So exiting the system with a part of your net worth, um, making sure you have that um, that escape plan in place before you need it that gives you the optionality to, to, to feel good no matter uh, what happens. You know, we don't collapse. Well, fine. You've still got your real world assets. You're happy. Um, we do collapse. Well, at, at least you got a little bit out of there. At least you got, you got your Bitcoin, you got your Ethereum, you got your stable coins on chain. You have the flexibility to Maybe leave the country if you have to, if uh, if things get really bad or, or or who knows, right? But there's no reason to not give yourself that option because 
wh- wh- why do it? Um, but yeah, like that being said, I, I don't think this is going to happen. Please don't, please don't freak out. You know, buy a little bit of Bitcoin, buy one percent, buy two percent, uh, daily cost average into it, like or or maybe maybe do do it weekly, uh, a little weekly DCA. Um, you know, for the next year or two, and and I think that you know three, four, five years from now. Uh, you're going to be fine. The world's going to be fine. We're all going to be happy. All right. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode. Uh, I know that was a bit of a, a lengthy one there. Got into uh, got into the weeds a little bit, but I, I, I had fun uh, talking about that. So I hope you enjoyed listening to it. Uh, friendly reminder: if you if you don't follow me already, uh, follow me on Twitter at uh, Stephen Cesaro, S T E P H E N C E S A R O. I tweet a lot of charts and uh, musings on crypto. And, uh, you know, check me out on my other pod as well, the Alfalfa Podcast, and uh, check out our Discord at uh, alfalfapod.com. Uh, Come chat uh, crypto with uh, a bunch of like-minded uh, individuals who are, who are trying to find their way in this uh, crazy, crazy world of, uh, of crypto. Well, that's all for today. I hope you have a great weekend, and I will see you as usual right back here next week. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.